Good morning. Oh, Friday Eve, guys. Morning, Paul. Dennis, got already uh, on top of it. What do you got going on, Dennis? What's I'll be here. I'm listening only as I'm prepping for a cyber interview with the state of North Carolina. I'm sure something from Cup Cyber will help me a lot. Good luck, yes. Uh, good luck and Godspeed, Dennis. You'll do great. I know you will. Um, North Carolina, state of North Carolina. Are you down in North Carolina now? Um, I know you were up here. Um, question, you can answer that whenever you can. Understand, get ready. Go knock them dead. You got this one, Dennis. Got it, buddy. Go get them. Go get them. North Carolina, that'd be awesome. Love to hear the update. Uh, give us an update uh, either later today, tomorrow. Tomorrow will be great. Give us an update what's going on, Dennis. Good luck, brother. Um, Paul's out there as well saying uh, good morning. Paul is uh, always, always on. A little something different in the background today, as you can see. You can see, uh, you get to go the right way. Right there is the, the green screen that is normally stretched across the back here and providing a fake background. Um, but I thought, let me show you the real background and see which one you guys like. I know, I, I, you know, as you guys probably do, there's a lot of YouTube stuff out there, a lot of content out there on YouTube. Um, so I'm just have the regular household background and... Not that I'm trying to hide anything, it's just always seemed very, very, uh, a lot of stuff going on back yonder um, from folks. There's stuff on this big, there's a there's a shelf that goes across pretty much this whole wall behind me. And folks from the entire team, from the whole entire Cyber Recon team, have put stuff up there. Like, that Eevee right there is M's. Um, the little Baltimore guy and the Bigfoot guy right there is Jimmy's. Um, a lot of stuff is mine just because got a lot of crap back there. Lots of books and stuff. Um, so I don't know. What do you guys think? Is it better with the green screen and just the big old Cyber Recon logo back there? Is it better with this stuff, including that that older switch there? Um, yeah. I can put, and then there's a bunch, a bunch of camera stuff. You can't see up there. There's a bunch of camera stuff all across that top. Um, I don't know. Is it better to see this stuff? Uh, there's the There's the... I think backwards. There's the 50th anniversary ZL1 Camaro right there. Um, so I don't know. Alex is saying good, good morning, good morning to Alex. I'm saying, and he's also saying variety is good. Um, probably need to straighten it up a little bit. It's not not terribly. And then obviously right there is the humidor. And you check the the humidity in that thing. It should be right about stays pretty constant, right around 70 percent, almost all the time. But there's a bunch of stuff back there. Bunch of stuff back there. Heinz Ward, um, right there, right, right here. Heinz Ward. His foot, a football signed by Mr. Ward um, from the Steelers, six-time Super Bowl champions. Anyways, that's what's going on. I mean, it's just housekeeping stuff. To uh, as we mature the show, if you guys have been around a while, and I know some of you guys have been around a while, like Paul's been around almost since the very, very start. Um, and really, Cyber Recon's been around, geez, since like 2012, uh, mostly serving as a, as a site that supported um, me working as an adjunct professor for different universities. So that's where it kind of all started. Um, and I realized very, very quickly that 
if you go to a university to learn this stuff, it's very, very expensive. Very expensive. And, and, and nothing against university education. I have nothing against it at all. Um, that's not for everyone, though. And I think there needs to be a break in our field where we realize that not every job needs to be filled by somebody with a degree. Um, if you're going to go off and do management, you're going to do leadership, you probably need to have a degree to be on an equal footing with those folks from the business world and the organizational world, the operations side. I get that. A technician, a pure technician, and I, I know a guy, um, I'm not going to call him out by name, but I know a guy that has no, absolutely no formal education. He's got um, no no school beyond high school. He's got maybe one certification. But man, he's the best technical guy you'd ever want around. He's the guy that can go into a Linux system and fix it. He can hack into things. He can break things. He can do all kinds of things. Um, so I think there's, there's a place for formal education and there's a place in our field, especially where we need a track that you don't have to have a formal education. I see so many jobs where they want somebody with strong technical skills, but they want them to have a bachelor's degree or a master's degree. Um, personally, this is Jim's view of the world. Again, you know you're going to get Jim's view of the world if, you're, if you log in in the morning. I think we need part of the field not to worry so much about formal credentialing. Um, and just, it used to be back in the day, back when I was coming up, it was the uh, KMS certification. No, my stuff, but we didn't call it stuff back then. Uh, nobody had certifications when I was coming up. Nobody did. Um, except those guys that had a wall. I love big guy, love me a wall. But most people didn't have them. And then, then 8570 came along and then changed the world. Um, personal backgrounds are always cool as long as you provide an insight on the person looking good. Uh, it gives you a little insight. Mostly, most of that junk back there is mine. Um, but it is, I want to make sure pieces were back there scattered across that whole thing from everyone on the Cyber Recon team. Um, so everybody, Mako stuff, you can't see it. Um, but up there is a um, Voltron, a giant big Voltron thing. Um, action figure. It's huge though. It's like this tall. Big Voltron. So that's what, you know, that's, that's what I'm thinking. You know, you always get a little bit of my insight, whether you like it or not. And I don't know if it's right or it's wrong. That's why I'd like to throw it out to the audience. What do you guys think about different jobs? Just saying, I, I don't need I don't need the formal education. I would love to see it work, at least in some technical jobs. Um, they're, they're no, they should be no different um, than jobs we've seen in the past that are technical or skilled labor um, where you can come in and apprentice under somebody get to know, to become a master like if, if you want to be a master electrician or a master bricklayer you don't just go to college and become that even though we've created that we we as a society have created you can go off to college and become a welder right but you're not really going to be a master welder right you could only do that by going out and welding, right? I think the same, in my opinion, the same is true of technical skills. You can go out and do a formal education. You do classroom training on Kali Linux. Let's say there's a, a, a degree in Kali Linux. You can go out and take that, and you can, you can do four years of, of prep uh, and 
let's even go expand it. We'll say uh, penetration testing. So you do a bachelor's degree in penetration testing. You come out. Are you better than somebody that spent four years just deep inside learning Kali Linux and, and working underneath somebody that is a professional in that field and come up through the apprentice and the journeyman and, and all the steps they have in those skilled labor tra trades that we used to have a ton of in the world. I, I don't know. I question, I question the way we put value on formal education. I, and don't get me wrong. I don't think it's, it's not needed. I don't think, I don't think we need to get rid of formal education. There's definitely 100% a place for it and a need for it. I think we maybe have a society overemphasized it um, to a point, and I would love to see, you know, a, a way to credential like, you know, if you you can't just go out and say you're a master electrician or a master bricklayer, or mason, whatever, you you can't just say that because it's tracked by a formal organization, and I we kind of need to see the same thing here for technical skills to go say, you know, I'm, uh, I'm you know master at networking. Master, you know, and we see that there's certifications for that. You can get certified in it. That's just a piece of the overall picture, right? The certification is a piece of the overall picture. That's my rambling, my rambling start for you this morning. And I do this because there is some education in our uh, lineup today. So we're talking about the the Ponca School District. Um, they were hit by ransomware. Got me thinking about, it. and there were, there's a high school. A, 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 you know, first through twelfth grade educational system. No, it's not college, not post secondary, anything like that. But it got me thinking about the edu whole educational thing. Um, there is uh, development. They're talking about Revil um, ransomware. There's a little story about the profile of Revil. Um, a bunch of people got nailed for um, exploiting ATMs that with a specific piece of software vulnerabilities specific to one bank um, Alexa is in the news uh, Alexa has got a vulnerability it's been patched and Alexa's pretty good about patching things I should call it echo because uh, as you know I do have an Alexa down here and SZA is talking about North Korea again and it's got uh, a report out which all the stuff obviously is linked in the show notes below there is uh, a ton, a ton going on, of course, um, in the news. Paul's going to tell you, have an associate's HR, bachelor's in business administrator, master's in program management, and all those useful provided job access like it has, has <laughs> really has provided job access like I thought it would. Um, and a lot of people, you know, yeah, getting the degree, there, there's a lot of advantages to getting a degree. First of all, it proves you can learn something. Um, that's what you used to tell me. You know, if you get a degree, they used to say, "When oh hasn't there's a hasn't uh, added to the the story." So it hasn't really proven, uh, hasn't really provided job access like I thought it would. And to a point, you know, to a point, it, it's going to get you into the door to some jobs. Some jobs say you got to have a bachelor's degree. They really don't care what it's in. And that's that whole story about, um, you know, it proves you know how to learn. I think if you work under a, a master cyber professional, let's say I'm going to create a term, 
uh, a master tradesman in cyber and you can move it up through that those ranks you're going to prove you can learn too um, and the other thing is you're probably going to be it, it's going to be focused on what your job skill is kind of like a trade school uh, trade schools are good too um, but I think if you're working in the in this the kind of thought I've got and I'm not the only one that has this it's not uniquely mine of course um, I just think more and more about it lately but if you're working under somebody like that you're probably going to be exposed to so much more than going to school and I'll, I'll give I'll use myself as an example because that's the best case years and years ago I went and I got a bachelor's degree in computer programming um, at the time we were using VB Visual Basic and Java was the, was the two programs you had to learn um, two, two semesters of Java two semesters of Visual Basic and, and I got out I couldn't I couldn't work in the field if I had to and that's after four years of a degree in specifically on computer programming I actually got two bachelor's degrees but that's another story because I realized I wanted to go into security so I got a bachelor's in security management too because that's the direction I wanted to go now the programming degree has helped me because now I can look at code and that helps a bit but I could have done that I could have learned that on my own now the point I was making going forward before I got derailed is those two semesters in Java and the two semesters in VB um, by the time I graduated weren't really worth much because I did VB6 and by the time I graduated um, it was VB.net now there's some similarities but it changed had I been in an apprenticeship program under someone when the program started to change from VB6 to VB.net that that mentor of mine would have said hey you need to learn this other program here's the things you need to know start trying start stop doing that and start doing this because this is the way we're going forward um, so I don't know that's that's my thought in the morning agree to have an internship and specific certifications are the way to to go moving forward yeah and if you already got your degree I think that's you know um, and some of you guys know I did I did a run at a doctorate degree a doctoral degree and just ran out of money honestly it just it is so expensive so I did the ABD program all but dissertation so I did the courseware but I just couldn't afford to pay the school while I wrote a paper over a couple of years it just and it just I just I got disillusioned I lost that's the point I guess that I said I'm paying the school and I'm 14 or twenty thousand dollars a year and I'm gonna be writing and I'll get maybe a little help from someone on my papers every once in a while but this whole year I've got to pay as if I was a full-time student while I'm writing a paper and that was scheduled to go on for two or three years and I was like I can't I can't do this so I don't know uh, on my mind a lot good morning Kevin and and obviously that's why we do this we're trying to transfer education to anybody that wants to listen anybody that wants to get on in the morning and listen anybody that wants to watch this later in the day anybody who wants to watch the other videos anybody who wants to pay this the, the uh, for the, the courseware that's always continually being built out it's yeah we got to charge for it because we got to pay for it, some of the bills um, for that side of the house for keeping the servers up and paying people to build content and that kind of stuff but if you just want to learn it's it's on YouTube it's on this channel it's on all kinds of other channels I'm not discounting any other channels that that work out there that you anybody that wants to learn they should be able to learn um, 
and they shouldn't have to dig deep in their pocket for it, and they shouldn't have to go into debt for it. Um, and that's just my, my point of view. Uh, my view of the world, I definitely think there's a lot of places that a degree is needed. Um, I know as an 80s kid coming out of high school in 87, uh, everybody just went to college. Everybody went to college. And then it got worse in the 90s. There's the degrees for welding. When you just, you got to go out and weld. There's only one way to weld, and that's to become a good welder, you have to weld. To become a good cyber person, you have to cyber. And I know that's not really a noun, noun verb combination there, but go out and cyber. Get behind the keyboard and and write code. Uh, write, you know, learn how routers work, learn how firewalls work, learn how, how a computer works. If you don't know it, understand, that's the basics. If you don't understand, if you open a case of a computer, and you don't understand every component in there and what it does, that's where you got to start. Um, you just do. I mean, you got to understand. And then you go from there, you take a computer, you hook them together, a bunch of computers, and that's the next step. So on and on and on, I, I, I drone on. So I apologize for that, guys. Let's throw the intro in there, and let's jump out to the news. And on and on and on to the news. Uh, Ponca City uh, is in the news this morning. Um, there's an article out on your in your link from Channel 6 um, about the Ponca school districts contacting the FBI because they were hit with ransomware over the weekend. Um, the good and bad of this story, there's it's not a very long story, but um, the district did some of what it should have done, right? They, they were hit with a ransomware attack on Saturday. Article doesn't go into a lot of details, um, and they say because they're under um, under investigation by the FBI. So they can't talk about a lot of what's going on, but they do provide some, some insights to it. So the districts ha did have a, a backups on an external server. So that's the good part, right? That's what we talked about yesterday, three, two, one, and the one is the one backup somewhere where you can't get it, you know, three three versions. It's stored three three different versions. They're stored three three different versions on two types of media, and one of them being offline. Um, so that's what they did. They did follow that rule. They had at least part of it. They had one of it one offline. Um, the problem is the last update they had was from August tenth, um, and they were hit um, this weekend. So. There's a chunk of data that's just gone. It's been encrypted. Um, they're saying, they don't say what type of ransomware this was. They left that part out. But they're saying the the ransomware actors, the bad actor, did not take data off the server. They just encrypted what was there. And because they had a backup copy, they're just rebuilding their servers. They're going to rebuild everything. No data we've taken. They're rebuilding it. The problem is from the 10th till, till Saturday, um, there was 200 schedules that were added to this system called PowerSchool. Um, and PowerSchool is the program that's used for scheduling, it's used for contacting parents. Um, the district is stressing that no student personal or financial information was compromised in the attack uh, since the affected files uh, impacted were encrypted, not stolen. Um, and I'm sure they worked with the FBI to figure that out before they could make that statement. Uh, so um, the superintendent, Erat, 
says it's not fair for our kids if we have a haphazard start. Power School determines our schedules and provides parent information to us. Uh, it's going to be a challenge this year as with COVID-19. So the school system has moved their start date from August 19th um, to August 24th so they can rebuild this power school system. Um, the good and the bad, the good is they had backups, right? They're gonna be, no data was taken um, and they're gonna be able to recover from this. They're gonna have to do a lot of time rebuilding those 200 schedules from scratch, um, but they're able to recover. So, so that's the good news. Uh, the bad news, you know, obviously, you know, you know it's, it's the 10th. So when you determine your backup schedule, you've got to determine, this is the, the classic example, how much data can I afford to lose? So this school has determined that, you know, they could, from the 10th till the time it was compromised, that window was the amount of time they could afford to lose. So that's your backup schedule. You have to figure out what is my backup schedule? Am I going to do full backups? Am I going to do incremental backups? Um, maybe the, the, how often are they on the local media and how often do I take them offline? Those are all great questions that we have to know. Um, uh, audio has a significant delay from your video today for some reason. I don't know why. Um, a delay wouldn't be from the microphone, I wouldn't think. It does say... That's weird. Uh, normally I've got a a good connection and right now I've got a poor connection and that's strange because usually it's just rocking here um, so weird weird that the audio's off so that's on hopefully and there's no way to change change my connection speed while I'm up and running so I did change to um, interactive I can't I don't know if there's any way to change it If you had a PhD, I might know why my audio is off. If audio I just got a text message, audio is pretty bad. It's it's lagging. So you guys, if you guys are under, if you're getting a lagging audio, please let me know. It's uh, it's telling me I got a poor connection, but I shouldn't. I'm not going to do a uh, speed test now because that could just make things worse. So apologize about the the, the audio. It looks like it's something with my connection to YouTube, which is normally not an issue, especially this time in the morning. None of the kids are up playing Fortnite. Uh, just yet, so usually it's not too bad. I gotta assume that it's from the the type of connection I've got. Um, uh, Mako always gets the blame. I suspect Mako. Um, definitely, you definitely gotta suspect, suspect Mako. Um, we're on Wi-Fi. Um, we should have Ethernet as well. I don't want to spend too much time on it. I wonder if it's defaulting to uh, Wi-Fi. Maybe I should have turned Wi-Fi off because I'm on an actually hardwired connection. It shouldn't matter. I shouldn't do both of them. Anyways, if it's terrible, please, please let me know in the in the comments if it's just driving you crazy. Um, that's up. That's that's up with. That's what's up with that. Um, not a ton, a ton of information about it, but just know that uh, a good example of having backups, how they can help, and making sure you have that schedule um, of backups right, however you want the schedule to work. Uh, dang, dang, dang you uh, YouTube slash internet slash whatever's going on. Um, Revil, 
there's a, a, a story from our folks at Cyware Social. I will tell you, these guys are always going to be um, always going to be in the show notes. They always seem to have an article here. Uh, Revil Sadokobi, Sad Inokobi uh, is the other name for this one. Uh, luckily, there's a delay because maybe that'll fix my pronunciation of that one. First appeared in early 2019. Ransomware made his, his name as one of the most notorious malware families. Um, here's what it's done. It's, it's since early 2020, operators mostly targeted North America and Western Europe. Um, normally, their targets are food and beverage manufacturing and distributing organizations, which is weird. That's a weird sector to, to attack. But they also note that they've also attacked IT, media, energy, retail, real estate, legal, transportation, healthcare, manufacturing, entertainment, nonprofit, excuse me, nonprofit and government. So obviously a wider swath. And one of the reasons is they're ransomware as a service. So they can um, have affiliates that attack different uh, areas than them. So they uh, normally exploit, they started out um, by exploiting vulnerabilities or brute for force unsecured RTP, RDP ports. That was their first MO, modus operandi, is they would um, look for vulnerabilities or they would brute force unsecure RDB ports. Um, but then they started using phishing campaigns as a, a better way to get in. So in the beginning, ransomware was observed to be targeting organizations without ex with ex exposing. Let me start that over. In the beginning, the ransomware was observed to be targeting organizations with, with exposed vulnerabilities. But since last year, they started to use common infection vectors such as phishing and exploit kits. Um, so you think these are the same folks that made this, that made Grand Crab, which was also um, ransomware as a service. There are similarities in language, whitelist countries, attack techniques. Um, and in June of 2020, Revil set up an auction site where they're going to start auctioning off um, stolen data. So uh, that's that's kind of interesting. Threats like uh, the takeaway from the story at the bottom, if you want to read the takeaway, it's it goes like this. Threats like Revil can target any organization's corporate networks and steal its internal data as well as customer-related sensitive details. On top of that, the new auction feature on its website provides clear indication that its operators are planning to continue targeting more vi victims. Organizations must be proactive in defending themselves against such ransomware by having a reliable antivirus software, patching deployed application, implementing backup data, and following basic security hygiene. Um, Matt has a good point. You know, targeting those, uh, you know, food help food food and hospitality areas, maybe they're an easier target. Um, they do have money. Think about some of these big food chains have a ton of money. Um, so maybe that's why they target it. Maybe they're an easier target, low-hanging fruit. Uh, some of the some of the ones, uh, Brown, Foreman's, Daniel, Daniels, uh, Lion, Harvest Food Distributors, Sherwood Food Distributors are among the victims in the industry. Um, Atlas Cars, Plaza Collection, uh, National Eating Disorders Association, Agromart Group, a bunch of people are on the list of people that have been ta targeted by these folks. Maybe those are, maybe they're easier targets. And we think this is, the, the folks that are running Revil are, are running it and they're they're also having their affiliates running the, the attacks as well. So those affiliates are just 
you know, they're they're buying into ransomware as a service, they're getting a toolkit, and they're attacking whoever they want to attack. So maybe that is just easier targets. That's probably why we're seeing a wider variety of targets attacked now, because of the affiliate program. Um, so obviously, they talk about here's the, the ways they traditionally attacked was looking for vulnerabilities and unsecure RDB ports. So obviously, how we fix the first one is we patch, right? We patch things, we have antivirus in place, we update our systems, we upgrade our systems, those kind of things, that, that security hygiene. We have defense in depth and diverse, diversity of defense. Um, we have a strong perimeter, those kind of things. We have things like um, things like our RDP connectors are behind a VPN gateway. They're not directly exposed to the internet. Um, that's, that's why we do it. And the way they're shifting, they're shifting over to phishing. Um, so then the only protection, only real protection in phishing, I'm going to tell you, is education and user education. We can put a lot of technology in place. We can put egress filtering in place. We can block uh, known phishing uh, command and control servers. Uh, we can do all kinds of egress monitoring. But if that end user is clicking a link and it's allowing them to go out and, and and be exploited, that's that's going to blow by a lot of the security. So we have to we have to train the end user. That's that's the bottom line with some of this stuff. Training the end user is ultra important. Um, got to do got to do that. Um, so that's it. Just kind of a rundown of Revil. Again, goes back to what we talked about yesterday. I think there needs to be um, needs to be a, a indicator groups uh, around this. The more like APT kind of definitions around these things. Uh, Santander Banks. Um, this article is in your show notes. It doesn't really provide a lot of information. I just wanted to bring this up um, to show that these these in-person physical exploits are still going on. There was a glitch in the ATM software for this, this bank over here, um, Santander Bank, and it was published on the dark web and people were keeping it kind of quiet. Um, but then it got published in social media and it kind of went wild. Um, so FBI agent, FBI and local police have made arrests across the tri-state area as part of a crackdown against multiple criminal gangs who exploited a glitch in software in the software of Santander ATMs to cash out more money than, than was stored on cards. So they're using prepaid cards to cash out money. So they put a prepaid card into the machine and take out more than there was because of this software glitch. They don't define the software glitch. They don't say how much money was taken. Uh, and again, I'm assuming, it doesn't say it in this article, but I'm assuming that's because of an ongoing investigation. Um, Hamilton was 20 suspects, Morris County 19, Sayreville 11, and then some, some other small small groups of people from Bloomfield, Bloomsfield, Robbinsville, and Whole Modell. Um, so uh, across, towns across Middlesex County, Booton, Ralph, Mortonville, South Windsor, Hoboken, Newark, and even New York City itself in Brooklyn is where these guys were operating. So um, apparently, and they don't they don't say a lot. The article, ZDNet's article, doesn't really say much of anything. That's the, the meat of it is they captured a bunch of people. They've arrested a bunch of people that were cashing out on a software exploit. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about a software exploit in Europe. I'm not sure if this is the same one or not. But it's, you know, it, it is a, 
vulnerability in software that was exploited, and somebody had to figure that out. Um, so Santander is pleased to report that following yesterday's events, the branches are open and ATMs are back online. Um, but they're only online for Santander Bank customers only. So if you're using a card from someplace else, especially a prepaid one or a, uh, those those cards you put cash on, you, you can't use them there because that's what was being exploited. So not a lot in the article, just the fact that these ATM attacks are still going on. Uh, I'm assuming that most of you guys don't have ATMs. You don't have to worry about. Um, but just know that there, there's people still doing these cyber attacks, these, these blended attacks that are a cyber exploit, but you have to be there physically. Um, and it's not, you know, this this case it's an ATM. It doesn't always have to be an ATM. So it could be, you know, a, a swipe reader in your, in your organization. This case is an ATM, though. Uh, just so you know, people talk about it. If you hear people talking about it, just know there's not a whole bunch of information going on. Folks did exploit some ATMs. They did make some money. We don't know how much money they made. Um, they are probably going to go to jail for a long, long time. Uh, how long, long maybe is relative in this case. I'm not sure, but Santander Bank is uh, in the news for being exploited. Um, Echo device. I'm not going to say the name because, you know, I got one sitting across the room over there. But... Um, there's a newly patched uh, echo flaw that's a red flag for home workers. It's just, this article is going to talk about a lot of stuff. Um, so it starts out, Alexa could serve as an entry point to home and corporate networks. Security experts point to the need for manufacturers to work closely with enterprise security teams uh, to spot and shut down IoT device flaws. Um, this, this exploit, this vulnerability has already been patched by uh, Amazon. They've already fixed it. Uh, Checkpoint researchers uncovered it. They discovered it. Uh, the, the details around uh, the Echo devices, there's been 200 million Echo smart home devices shipped to date. Um, some could be exploited by clicking on bad links with malicious code uh, that then would expose personal user data, including banking data, histories, username, phone numbers, and home addresses. Uh, Oded Vanadu head of Checkpoint's Protect Vulnerability Research says security pros should be concerned about Alexa dang it, vulnerabilities because most home users don't have basic network security such as segmentation in place. And that's one of the th important things I wanted to point about about this article is that the big thing that's going to help here is segmenting your network, right? And that may be having two access points, two wireless access points, one for your, your your, your IoT devices and one for your normal network devices. Or do something like we're doing in in the, the series that we're recording right now, is build a system like Ubiquiti's Unify Network where you can actually segment out different VLANs and have different devices on different networks. Not saying that you have to use Ubiquiti, but once you see it, how it works, you're going to be like, that is awesome, and that's the system I want. Um, Amazon Echo Devices, uh, they use the name of it, uh, it can serve as a gateway to the home network and be used to launch uh, as a base to launch attacks. Obviously, get on one device, you can pivot and go on to other ones. That's why we want to segment them out and make sure they can't reach your computers. Um, lots more in the article. Um, this goes on saying, in the case of the consumer app, app developers need to uh, integrate security into their app 
to protect customers from malware. App developers and security teams need to work together and integrate security measures into their mobile apps so they can protect users. So the vulnerability, here's what the vulnerability actually is. Checkpoint researchers found that certain Amazon Echo subdomains were vulnerable to cross-origin resource sharing, or CORS, misconfigurations and cross-site scripting, XSS. Uh, using cross-site scripting, researchers were able to get cross-site request forgery, CSRF token, to perform actions on the victim's behalf. So we're using three things there, CORS, cross-site scripting, and cross-site request forgery. All of this has been fixed by uh, Amazon, so it's all, all taken care of. Um, Banu said a single-click single by a victim triggers three vulnerabilities. First, the cross-site scripting vulnerability is one of, in one of Amazon's subdomain, enables access to the victim's identification cookies. Second, uh, once access is granted, both the CORS misconfiguration and the CSRF token can be exploited, and the third can be performed on behalf of the victim on the Amazon accounts. Um, so there's a chain you have to do. The first thing is you have to, you have to be vulnerable, and then you have to um, click the links. And Ralph is saying, good luck to Dennis, like we all are. Good luck to Dennis. Matt also said that earlier. Good luck to Dennis. Um, hopefully he comes back with some good old news tomorrow. Um, so that's what's going on with your Amazon Echo device. Check the article out. Um, Chris Morales, head of analytics at Vectra, uh, says that even an even greater danger is when IoT devices start snooping around corporate networks and can pivot to more critical systems. Devices such as virtual assistants, printers, cameras, and even advanced devices like MRI scanners can pose an alarming cybersecurity risk. Um, while they don't fit the bill for traditional network hosts, they re represent fruitful targets and vectors for cyber attacks. Yeah, all these devices that live on your network are primed to be attacks that can be used against you, right? One of the things that, you know, we worry about, should, should IoT and OT, uh, should IT and OT be separated, right? Information technology and operational technology, should they be separated? And I say yes. Um, and then IoT itself should be separated a little bit different. So OT can include IoT, robots and MRI machines like they're talking about here. But it also can be a lot of those smart devices. I've seen cases where an attacker will attack a, an environment like a network, and then they will that attacker will um, put a backdoor onto a um, like a SCADA device, like the in the one I'm, I'm thinking of, and I can't I'll have to dig up the article. Um, they put a backdoor into the thermostat, the HVAC system. So every time they got cleaned off the IT network. They were, they were just, they were still in the thermostat, and the thermostat system was still connected to the network. Uh, the IT and the security team would clean the whole network off. These folks would hang out, they'd wait a couple days, and then they would reinfect the, the whole network because they were still inside. They were still inside. They were in the thermostat network, these, the smart devices that ran the HVAC system. Uh, they'd clean them totally off the IT system, and then they would just wait and come back in to the IT after, after a while. Um, so... All of you have to look at all of your network. Everything that's on your network, you have to think of everything that's on your network. Um, that's the first part. If you look at the SANS top 20, number one and number two are know what devices are on your network and know what software is being run on your network. That's the important stuff. That's good stuff, man. Um, that's what we got to know. So if you do have this, 
device, you have one of these devices that I can't say, these Echo devices, uh, just make sure it's updated. It should do it on its own. Most people have it set to auto-update. That's the easy way to take care of these things, but you got to make sure it's taken care of. I'm saying as you go forward, start segmenting them off, put them on a different VLAN, put them on a different access point, put them somewhere where they're not on your, your normal network with your computers. That's the story there, and I'm sticking to it. SZA's back in the news. My, my buddy's over here at SZA. Um, I keep saying their name more and more. I guess it's starting to grow on me. I still don't like the fact they use the name of an organization that does um, certifications. So, so the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, SZA, published its malware analysis report, the MAR. So you have the SZA MAR is out. And it's tracking a new piece of uh, a remote access tool. I'll call it tool. They call it a remote access Trojan, and you know my feeling on that. Trojan's a delivery method, not the tool itself. That's Jim's view of the world. Um, they call it blinding can. It's a rat, a remote access tool, remote access Trojan, and it's being linked to this whole Operation Northern Star, Operation Dream Job, how they want to want to categorize this. This is one where you're going to get that you're going to get that job offer, and they're going to work with you. It's going to be spear phishing. They're going to they're going to guide you over a series of months uh, through emails, through uh, voice chats, through online messaging. You're going to feel like you got this job. They're going to send you the PDF about the job, and that's going to be the malware. And then, boom, you're you're done. Um, so FBI, according to this this quote uh, from the report, the FBI has high confidence that hidden Cobra actors, Lazarus, you know. Um, are using malware variants in conjunction with proxy servers to maintain presence on victims' networks and further network exploitation. A threat group uh, with a nexus to North Korea targeted government contractors earlier this year to gather information uh, surrounding military and energy technologies. The malicious documents employed in this campaign are job postings from leading defense contractors and lures and installs data gathering implants on the victim systems. Um, and again, we, we know this. We've been talking about Lazarus doing this for a while. Um, the full report is in your show notes. You can go grab the whole says the show notes, but the, the once this this blinding can rat is installed, it can retrieve information about installed disks, including disk type and the amount of, of space there is. They can get the operating system, they get processor information, they get system name, IP name, IP name and address information, um, MAC address, uh, media access control address, create, start, terminate processes, um, search, read, write, move, and execute files, get, modify files or directories, uh, timestamps, change the current directory or processor or file, delete malware and artifacts associated with malware uh, from the infected system. Uh, they The MAR also has the ink Indicators of compromise or IOC uh, YAR rules that you can load into your system. Um, this was, they talked about this earlier, talking about threats to global banking and financial institutions. And that was that joint report issued by the Department of State, Treasury, Homeland Security, and FBI, um, saying that there is a significant threat vector posed by North Korea. And we know that. We know that this is Lazarus is, is out and, and operating uh, on this. They're, building their structure more, where, we, where they're seeing a beachhead established by groups like Lazarus, and then they're handing it over to other groups to continue the attack. 
Um, that's not in this article. That's from earlier when we talked about Lazarus earlier. Uh, the U.S. government is offering a monetary reward up to five million bucks for anyone who can provide information about the activities carried out at North Korean linked APD groups. Um, also includes uh, in the offer is information about past hacking uh, campaigns. So there's your there's your rundown of of this new Mar that's being released. It's a blinding can, uh, a a Trojan, a rat, a remote access tool. So what I'm going to call it, they're going to call it a remote access Trojan. Again, my soapbox I'll get on. Trojan is a delivery method uh, with an overt and a covert program. The overt program is the thing you want. Like back in the good old days, it was elf bowling. Underneath of it, underneath that, installed at the same time, is the overt program, which is the malicious piece of software. Um, and when you install them, you get both of them. In this case, you're getting... Um, a resume, you're going to open the resume, or you're going to get the job posting, you're going to open that up, and you're going to also install this blinding can tool, Jim's view of the way these things work. Um, Matt's back, good. Um, hopefully the delay in my voice track is not as bad as it was when you were here earlier, I hope. So that that's what's going on in the world of cyber. Uh, as you guys know, i got to give you something to talk about around the water cooler with people that aren't cyber, and that is today is National Radio Day. Um, National Radio Day um, was... Uh, was uh, da, da, da. We found no evidence that the radio station uh, website suggesting this is more than a recently established holiday dating back only to the 1990s. That's not recent. That's a while ago. Radio station personnel and a number of radio stations began talking about creating uh, their own holiday. After all, they frequently promoted bizarre and unique holidays of all kinds. From that conversation, this special day took life. Um, the research didn't find any uh, individuals tied to creating this group, just a group of people talking about it. And there's no documentation saying that it's an actual national holiday or national day. Um, there's no congressional record or presidential proclamation saying that it's National Radio Day, but I did include some information in your um, show notes. It's about last year's National Radio Day, but, um, you know, it's, it's still good. Uh, we're a day off because they talked about it. They're two days off, actually, because of leap year. Um, two days off, but talk about why we recognize radio's value. Uh, like this thing says on the bottom here, hey, thanks for listening, and thanks to you guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Uh, they get days off they can't take <laughs> all these national days it's only yeah if it's not not a national holiday the government doesn't take it off these are just national proclamations at best sometimes this one wasn't even a national proclamation at all but it was it's and give the radio we'll give the radio broadcasters their day why not um here's to you radio broadcasters That's good. That's good jazz, man. So that's what's going on. That's what's going on in your world. I'm glad to get some feedback from the background here. Um, definitely like, no, is it better Better like this, or is it better with the uh, big old green cyber recon going across the back? That's easy enough to do. I pull that curtain across, I push a button, and it's the green screen again. Um, this, you see, my, my, that plant is going, that plant right there, right there, it's going like crazy. Got that. Uh, when we started 
really pushing the program forward. When we started Cyber Recon in January is when we decided we're really going to make something happen with this site. We're going to really do something, um, really want to make things happen here. Um, that's when we started growing that plant, and that plant's gone crazy. Got one vote for green screen. It is less, it is less busy back there. It do, does provide a nice, solid background. Um, so that's why I did it today. I left it open just to get some feedback. Let let me see what you guys think. Make it seem more professional. Seem very more professional. Okay, cool. That's a good thing. I do like when it, like cups like this one. Um, Change is also good. Change is good. Uh, yeah, and I, I kind of like the green screen, too. I kind of like it. Doesn't, doesn't take much. I do like by the green screen when you when turn it on. No, I'll turn it on before I pull the curtain, and you get this kind of thing going on. You get some of this going on in the coffee cup. The plant definitely freaks out because it thinks it's something being turned. And we can also, you know, turn it into bricks or whatever back there. Let's see. There's the bricks. Bricks. Um, there's supposed to be bricks. Let's turn this off and throw Alex's comment on there. Um, maybe I'll put Alex's comment on there. A lot of people on YouTube most don't have professional setup like Cyberrecon has. Thank you, Alex. I do try to. We do try to have the right setup to do this. We try not to, you know, half butt it, as they say. Uh, think about how many people's YouTube posters from their bedroom right now. There's a lot of people. That's why kind of why I pulled the curtain back and let you see behind the the curtain. Because um, there are a lot of people that just are like in their living room. Um, I do like having the more professional feeling uh, view. Um, but that's me. Matt, love your EV. That's actually M's EV back there. I can't take credit for it, but um, right there, EV. That's my little Deadpool, though. Right next to it, hanging out the little tiny Funko Pop Deadpool is mine. Somewhere back there is also a um, David S. Pumpkins, if you're a fan of Saturday Night Live. Um, so that's the that's the the talk of the town. That's what we're talking about this morning. Um, think about think about things like uh, education, especially if you're in a position to hire people to make job postings. And does it make sense? Does it does it really make sense to have someone have a bachelor's degree, or would you rather put them through some kind of assessment and See if they can actually do the job. Um, maybe it's, maybe that assessment's needed both ways. Maybe maybe they need the assessment even if they've got the degree. I don't know. I don't know. So um, I didn't see either Mike Bravo. I didn't see um, Sierra Bravo out there. They're going to say go get some. Alice is saying. Uh, Mastering the Risk Management Framework book. Everyone should have a copy. That's yeah, that's right there. There's some on the shelf there too. There's a few of them. Um, some of the things that you know, I, I know we're we're uh, no, we're kind of beyond the news. So you know, all those people are just for the news. Obviously, you can cut out. I had a little furry friend for a while. There was a rescue named her Evie. That's nice. We yeah, our our pets are both rescued. This is one of the things I think. Uh, I thought was kind of cool uh, is these three books here. And I'll show you, share them with you. So this uh, buddy of mine and I wrote this this one first. 
It's the Hacking with Cali um, by, by me and a guy named Andrew Binder, who's out there. He's out in Spokane now. Um, this is a good book, and I, I did it with Singress. I thought it was cool uh, just to get a book out. It was my second book. Um, but then what was really cool is I got this came in the mail. Um, Hacky Con Holly Cali Linux. And this in same book in Portuguese, which I thought was cool. They translated it into Portuguese. And then after that, I got this version that is the same book, but now it's in Chinese, which is crazy. Um, I thought it was crazy that they, they did that. I wasn't even expecting that. Um, message, I, I still have industrial security book, I believe. Um, is that the, the, the back there? Oh, it does the, the, the industrial network security book. That's one of the first ones. I did a, a technical edit on that one. That's why I got that one back there. Now that one, and I did a technical edit on another one. I don't remember what the uh, other one was. That's how I started with Singress, is doing technical editing with them. Um, industrial security stuff. Alex is saying, Alex, uh, as for degrees, if there's a way to obtain them without going deep into debt, can always help. Formal education will always help a person's resume. I agree. I agree with that, uh, and, it, and at some point you're going to have to get a degree. Um, if you can get in on the technical side and then have the company pay for your um, your education, that's even better. The, the company will pay for it. That'd be awesome, and have them pay for it. Um, to finish a bachelor's degree, uh, it's a full list of fluff classes. Matt's, yeah, and that's that's right. Um, you're going to do you know history. You're going to do algebra you're going to do you know economics maybe you're going to there's going to be those those required classes that about you know a bachelor's degree is about 120 credit hours about 60 or about half of them are going to be these electives history uh, sociology you know there, there, there's requirements each college has so about half your degree is going to be stuff that's outside of your focus area and inside your focus area about half it probably is going to be used sounds like the uh, audio's been um Resolved, I, I think. I hope so. So that is, I agree with you. There's a lot of fluff classes. It makes a well-rounded person, I guess. Um, so Jim has following in Portugal. Now. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if anybody's. They, they, they bought some of them. I did see. The funny thing with this one, the Chinese version, when it first came out, there was one that was, you know, they put weird stuff for sale on Amazon. Uh, there was one for like three thousand dollars. I was like, "Well, that's I'll just sell one of these for three grand if that's the case." Um, let's see, uh, CCNA, CCNA book uh, never even cracked it open. Got to break, got to break it open. CCNA new one, CCSPs out there too. We're gonna talk about a lot more cloud in the future. Uh, did have a two-year cyber degree. That's awesome. Um, Two-year degrees, I think, are, are a way to go. If you're gonna, if you're gonna get in college, if you get to college, I, I say, and if you can do it locally, even better. If you can go, and Alex, this goes back to what your point was about, you know, trying to keep the cost down. If you can go to like a, a community college, junior college, somewhere local, you're gonna pay a lot less for the classes. Um, you're you're gonna generally get the same, unless your unless your four-year degree is from MIT. Your state school and your co your community college are going to be about the same level of professionalism given. You might actually have a better time at a community college because the class size 
is going to be significantly smaller and you're going to have more interaction with your instructor than you are at a, at a state school like a full-on college or university. Um, 215, 2015, not bad though. That's not that long ago, Matt. Uh, five years, not bad. Um, yeah. Uh, oops. Should I put the wrong one up there? Um, many, so many transferred to, if you have certs, it will take that sometimes as credit. Yeah. Transfer transfer credits in, they're going to give you a certain number of transfers, especially for life life experiences now, certifications and classes you've taken at other classes at other schools. A lot of colleges now, if you're looking for a four-year degree, there's a lot of colleges that will partner with the local community college, and you can take the first two years of the community college and then transfer over to the, the full-on state college. Um, that's, that's pretty common, especially out here in Virginia. I think almost all the schools out here do it. Um, it's a good program because... Then at least for two years you're only paying like sixty dollars a credit instead of like three hundred dollars a credit or whatever it is. I don't know what it is anymore. Um, so that's the education. I, I just, I just, it bugs me. I guess that's why we're here. That's why we're here is to provide the knowledge, if we can. Hopefully we can provide the knowledge you need to get into the field, to get moving, to pass your certs. Heck, maybe even if we can tie up with some some organizations, maybe like the selection stuff. Maybe even get some experience, and I think that's going to go a lot, long ways, a long, long ways. So, we made it all the way back around to the bottom of the hour again. Um, I do appreciate you guys hanging out, especially when I'm ranting about these things. I, I, I have, uh, as you know, a special place in my heart for the, the cyber community, the security community, the risk folks. That's what I've done for so many years now. Um, I want to see, you know, us as a group continue to succeed. Um, the field has to continue to grow, and to do that, we have to have qualified and educated, you know, educated in the technology. Um, we have to have people that know what they're doing in the field, and this this channel help hopefully helps do that. I know there's some other channels you guys probably are watching on YouTube that are helpful as well. However, you're getting experience, get your experience, get your hands on. Don't just watch, do. You're gonna have to get out there, get that virtual machine, get that standalone box, get that whatever, and start doing this stuff. Start building projects. Um, that's all I gotta say. Build a lab, man. Build yourself a lab. Build a virtual lab, whatever, and start start training yourself. Uh, work as groups. I mean, you know, we can have some groups. Alex and I talked about the other day having some type of um, like workshops where we sit down and cover a topic. And Alex and I were talking. We we're talking about the RMF because that I think that's a huge area that is being overlooked uh, in some cases. It's not just government anymore. It's a lot a lot of private sector is using the RMF. I've been out in pharmaceuticals, automotive, and financials that have all adopted the RMF in maybe not all of it, but they've tailored it a bit and are using it uh, out in the, the public sector, uh, private sector, excuse me. Um, so the risk folks, you, you, there's definitely a market for that as well. So as you go on with your day, it's Friday Eve, go do good things. Um, take care of your friends, your families, your coworkers, your organization. Go out there. Know that we got your back. Dennis, um, I know you're probably not on anymore. Uh, hopefully you watch this later, and you know that we're all wishing you good luck today. Hopefully you hear tomorrow from a newly minted North Carolina employee. Um, North Carolina, you'll have to give us more in details on the job that you can uh, tomorrow. Uh, but love to hear the good news. All the rest of you guys go out and do great things. I'd love to hear how you guys are keeping, keeping on track. Um, can, can we help keep you on track? Can we help 
keep things moving forward. We help you with anything. Let us know. The community here is growing. Um, I would like to see some of you guys over on the Facebook page, um, Cyber Recon on Facebook, so it's interactive. And tomorrow, I'll work with Mako. I don't think I have. Uh, let me one one more before we go. Let me see if I've got the Discord log on on this computer. I might not. It's probably on. Yeah, I don't have it on here. It's in the it's in the password vault on the other one. Um, we'll get we'll get the disc. We'll put the Discord channel name down below um, later. It's also it's on the Facebook page. So if you go to the Facebook page, go there. And a question I'd like to ask you guys: You can think about for tomorrow. If you took the Security Plus certification already, if you already are Security Plus certified, how much time did you spend studying? for the Security Plus certification exam. That's a question for you tomorrow. I'll ask you tomorrow again. Be ready to answer that. If you took Security Plus, how long did you study for it? Uh, be interested to, to figure that out. So anyways, go on with your day. Go get some. Take care of each other. Be good. Take care of your friends, your family, your coworkers, your organization. Do the security risk and cyber stuff you got to do. Know we got your back. And we'll see you here at 730 tomorrow again.